Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. Oh my gosh, we are into season four. And before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to share some exciting updates, particularly about this episode. So last week I did a life update. And if you've not heard that yet, then go back and listen to it. But in that episode, I talk about some of the changes that are taking place. And one of the things that's changing within my business is how I am running uh, the podcast. And so what I'm wanting to start to do is to bring in Confessions of Unapologetic Rebels. It's my mission to help you to see just how powerful, how safe it is for you to really own your truth, to show the world your authentic truth and to trust in who you are. There is no better way to achieve your life goals than to do it your way. And so I want to give you the evidence that will help you to trust in this and to believe in it. And there is no more powerful way than doing that than through stories. Stories of other people's examples of how they have got out of their own way, how they have learned to trust in themselves, to believe in themselves. And what's worked for them that's allowed them to go on to create their version of success. And in each and every one of these interviews, there will be snippets that will really resonate with you, that will really stand out for you. And that's my intention because I really want to help you to see yourself in other people and to be expanded by other people's success and to really embrace and trust in yourself enough to to believe just 51%. Because when we can believe at 51%, then that gives us the momentum to try and the courage to try. And when we try these things, that's when we start to build evidence. That's when we start to see for ourselves the truth and the safety behind working or doing things our way. And so this week I am interviewing a lady called Sarah, Sarah Bracia. And I've known her on and off for a while. We've never physically met. We've met on the uh, online space and we've been in each other's world for a while. And I've always loved her energy and her enthusiasm for going against the grain. She used to work in a corporate setting, a conventional job that she kind of told herself that she needed to do through family expectations. And how she found the courage to turn her back on this job and fulfill her dream of running her own business. Now, her business has changed several times over the years and she speaks about how she has learned to trust in the pivots, how she has learned to tap into her human design and really use that to her advantage because the reality is we are all different. This is why comparison is such a negative leak in our life. We are all different. Human design is out there showing us that we are all different. And so she's really learned to adapt her human design and make it work for her. And through this has really learned how to trust in herself, in her decision making, in her choices, in her pivots, and to not let the projections of other people get in her way or cause her to question her instincts and her in her intuition. And so she dives into that in a really deep way. We speak about a number of different things about panic buying, searching for that missing solution outside of ourselves. 
what happens when you start to trust in yourself, radical responsibility versus blame culture, boundaries, the, the positive impact of boundaries, something that is often misunderstood. But when you put powerful boundaries in place, it really allows you to protect your energy from unwanted negativity and distraction and really laser in your focus so you can start to show up and do the things that are gonna move the needle that are aligned with who you are to get the results that you want. It's a jam-packed episode and I'm really excited for you guys to dive in. So without further ado, let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibson. Each week I'll be sharing a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading transformation coach, helping you to release resistance around money, success and self-worth, and to see the limitless potential within yourself to be, do and have anything that your heart desires. My aim for this podcast is to share incredible insights into how to create a champion mindset and live the life that you were born to live with confidence, ease and belief. So are you ready to transform your life from the inside out? Let's go. So hello, Sarah. Welcome to the show. I am super excited to have you. It's been a long time coming. It has, it has. I'm so honoured and so privileged to be here, Emma. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And a little bit of background. Obviously, we we know each other-ish. <laughs> we've we've met before, we've chatted before, we've even spoken about the podcast, but this is the first time on the show. And um, just chatting to you before we press record, I know that there's lots of juiciness that we're going to get through today. And um, I'm really, really excited for that. But before we dive in, if you wouldn't mind just sharing in your own words just a little bit about you, where you come from to where you are now and and all that juiciness. Absolutely. So my name's Sarah. Uh, I'm 39 years old. And for most of my life, I did what I thought I was conventionally meant to do. Get the good job, get the good career, you'll be set for life. Um, And I followed in the footsteps of my dad, you know, he was a chartered insurer. Um, So around about the age of 25, I decided I wanted to become an accountant because I thought that was a respectable job. It was a proper job that was going to make my parents proud, that was going to set me up for life. Um, So I did multiple exams, uh, probably around about 40 or 50 different exams to then become a chartered accountant. And I remember that day when I got that job, that proper job in that corporate world, and I sat in that office and I just thought, is this it? Is this it for the rest of my life? I was probably Mm. around about 30 years old by that point. And I was looking around at these people that I wouldn't necessarily choose to work with. I was sat in this box office looking at my box computer and I just thought oh I don't like everything I've worked really hard for everything that I thought was going to make me happy that was going to give me this amazing life I sat and I felt incredibly unfulfilled but I'd got so far to that point that I just thought well this is how it's got to be for the rest of my life you know so I got my head down I worked really hard um became manager became um you know um this is an accounts for a really successful airline in England um and kind of worked my way up to the top 
Well, I remember that time where we went into lockdown, so we were all working from home. And the work pressure was just more and more intense because we were more available, right? So I sat on my laptop and sometimes I think, oh, I'll just do an extra hour. And of course, the airline industry was plummeting. So yeah. the accounts and the, the money and the finances and there were deadlines and reports. And, and I remember sitting up till midnight. It would be on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They'd actually furloughed quite a lot of people. Um, and I was one of three people that they'd kept and I was ending up doing four people's jobs whilst also trying to be a mum to my three-year-old daughter and I remember that one day where it just got too much and I broke I was sobbing um on this desk that I'm sat at right now I was sat here sobbing and I remember my three-year-old daughter coming upstairs with a tissue and wiping my tears away and I thought that's it I'm done. Mm. This can't be it for the rest of my life. I'm telling her every day, you can be and do whatever it is that you want to be or do, my darling. But I never wanted her to look at me and go, Mummy, why are you not doing the same? Yeah. Because it's not what I say, it's what she sees that she would then replicate. So it was at that point I decided enough was enough. Now, it wasn't as easy as like, right, I'm going to quit my job. I've still got, I've still got bills to pay. I've still got yeah. mortgage. I've still got a mouth to feed. But it was that mental decision that then started the, um, the pathway to actually breaking free. Now, I'm into manifesting. I'm very much into law of attraction, very much into when you make that decision, things start to come your way. Mm. And even though I showed up for my job, I showed up in physical form, energetically I'd already left. Yeah. And it was, um, I actually did get to the point where I said to my boss, I'm quitting, I can't do this anymore. And fortunately she was amazing enough to say, just hold on a few more days. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I want to go now. She's like, no, just hold on a few more days. Five days after that, I got told I could take redundancy. And that was the blessing that changed everything. Um, so two and a half years ago, I was fortunate enough to be made redundant um, and I walked away from that career with no intention of going back. Um, after that, you know, the freedom life, I thought, it's amazing. And then a week in, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to have to actually do something because, yes, it's freedom, but I also need to have money coming in, right? So okay. I knew that I loved um, manifesting I knew that I loved spiritual work, healing, working on blocks and beliefs, and I wanted to become a coach. No idea how to become a coach. <laughs> so oh. I invested a lot of money to do NLP training, to do coaching accreditations, how to make a course, how to make a website. Oh, I panic brought basically. And I threw all my money at every single course I could, I could get my hands on. And I still ended up feeling none the wiser <laughs> on how to become a coach. Um, fortunately, I found a couple of modalities that I fell in love with. And I ended up then um, doing those and teaching those. So I'm now, um, you know, have my own academy where I teach women how to create their own coaching business and hold their own sessions. Um, I was also in network marketing at the time as well. And that was going really well. But as we change and we evolve and we grow, I became pregnant again. Um, so everything that I loved and I still love, there were certain things that just didn't become aligned to me anymore. 
Um, I had my daughter, my second daughter. It was a very traumatic birth. Um, she was resuscitated in the same room as us. She had sho sho shoulder dystocia, which means that she could have been left brain damaged. Um, and in that moment, again, it was like one of those sliding door moments, like what's serving me and what isn't. And yeah. I had a real look at everything that I was doing and I just thought, things have got to change again. So the network marketing left. Um, mm -hmm. Certain parts of my business left. All the things that I felt I should be doing but didn't align to me left. Um, and here we are today with just an incredibly um, aligned business that brings ease and flow to my life. Yeah. Do you know, I, I love that. And I've been scribbling down a variety of different things that, that you have just mentioned in that. Um, and it's very interesting going back to the start where you were talking about um, moving into the, the expected job, following almost like family careers and family expectations and having that realisation of, shit, I'm now here and I haven't actually checked in as to whether I actually want it. And I think quite a lot of us can go on that autopilot way of living and very few people actually check in and it's almost like, you know, when people say, oh, hi, how are you? And you go, yeah, fine, without actually even going, how am I actually? And I remember a few people, and I'm like, I could see when they said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm like, are you really? And they're like, no, I'm not. But we very seldom ask ourselves, how are we? We just kind of get on with it. We have our routine. We do our autopilot way of living. And, and we don't check in with ourselves. And I think for me you know it, it is one of the biggest downfalls that we have in this society is that we just seem to just keep going going and going and and don't give ourselves the time because everyone's like, oh i haven't got time to check in with myself i haven't got time to do self-care i haven't got time to do this and actually it's so so important and um so it was interesting that that you brought that up and i loved how you then said that you made the mental decision to quit your job obviously it wasn't you know i'm going to quit my job now but mentally you had made that decision and then things started to to come in your way and like you i am very spiritual and i very much believe that obviously when we declare our desires then what's sent with with that declaration is the package of lessons and assignments that we will need to go through in order to get to that desire um, and but equally that it comes at the time that is right for us and so it's already proof that we're capable of it but we've just got to go through some tweaks and refinement and we've got to release and let go of the parts that can't come with us and strengthen the parts that are a big part of that, that journey um, and things start to like you say slot into place and start to to fall into your pathway like the redundancy like you know having the support of your boss who's saying don't quit now wait five days um and that's all like showing that everything is sort of working in your favor and um, while we can't always see things because we all like tangible evidence straight away it's having that trust that actually it's all building and it's all kind of coming together and so i really really loved that um, the other point that I wrote down was that you spoke about panic buying and I've never heard it described like that before. And yeah, it's so bloody obvious. But again, we 
I think certainly in the industry that me and you are in, and I'd love your thoughts on this, is that I very much work with the human side. I know you do too. And so while there are insane strategies out there and we have to take action in order to, to generate outcomes, the reality is we're almost sold this pressurized story or scenario that if you don't take this strategy or this strategy or this strategy, it's never going to work for you. And you end up following us, following other people's strategies. And if that doesn't work, you move on to the next one, move on to the next one, move on to the next one. And, and you panic by when really the work that, that I do is actually about the human behind the strategy. And so we can spend all our money, all our time, all our effort following a step-by-step -step process. But if your mindset is fucked and your confidence is through like in the gutter and you're constantly saying this isn't going to work and I can't do this and I'm burnt out and I've just got no belief in myself, it's not going to generate the results that we want. And so I always feel quite... Um, what frustrated when I see people just selling the strategy concept all the time as if that's always going to be the answer and this is what I've done and this is what you could get without actually going into the human behind the scenes parts as well because to me that is the foundation of all success. Yeah absolutely and I think that's so so true and I think that was the point the part that, um, yes, I invested in these courses and they were great courses, but I hadn't actually worked on myself either. So having that imposter syndrome massively, being an accountant for so long, and then people saying to me, oh, what are you going to do now, Sarah? I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a spiritual coach. I beg your pardon. You know, yeah. and it kind of made my body recoil a li little bit because of that judgment and that fear. Yeah. And actually having to really work on well where's that judgment come from who when did I first feel judged and why is my body going into this panic mode or this fear is there someone that said something you know when I was a child that has now made my nervous system go into um panic because it's been brought back up again by me going into this new found um career path you know so that was a big part that like you say you can buy every single strategy you can buy every single course I, I can guarantee uh, before I did this work on myself I probably had about five free master classes or boot camps in my email every single day do this do that do that and I actually felt overwhelmed by it because yeah. I thought they were going to fix me I thought they were going to be the golden ticket to my success but yeah. actually working on me and understanding you know the who I was and how how to maybe re not rewire as such but really understand you know where my beliefs have come from where my behaviors have come from why am i looking for something to fix me externally when actually it comes from within mm -hmm. i think that's such a valid point it's so huge it's so huge and people poo poo it and they're like, oh, I haven't got time for that. I just need to be busy. I need to be doing these things. I need to be looking like I'm working my backside off because, you know, we're meant to hustle, hustle, hustle and prove that we've worked hard enough in order to get whatever it is that we're working towards. But also I think a lot of people are scared to go down that rabbit hole, essentially, and to work on themselves. 
Um, and I often say, you know, to, to my clients and um, yesterday we did call one of, of unfiltered, which is very much looking at you stepping into your authentic self. And I often say this is really vulnerable work and not everyone can do this work. And even though I wish the whole world would, because it, we'd be living in a better place and there'd be a lot more successful people and, and so on and so forth, the reality is very few people are ready to do this work. Um, and I guess for me, it's educating people on this side of the work because obviously so much of the emphasis is on the strategy and the doing piece that we naturally programmed to do that. Like if you go into any meeting, it's like, oh, we've set new targets, we've done this. What's our action plan? What are we going to do to hit this? And it's never who are we going to be in order to make this happen. Like we don't, they very rarely in the corporates will look at the the person, the human behind the work. So true. And yet, when you see it, it's so obvious as to why people aren't hitting certain targets, why people are successful, why people are struggling, because it's all coming from the internal dialogue and internal systems. Absolutely. And I think as well, being in the corporate world for so long, there is so much finger pointing. You're to blame. You're the one to blame. You're always looking for something. And I was exactly the same in my personal world as well as my professional um, world. You know, I was always, if something didn't go right or if something didn't go as I expected, I'd be pointing the finger externally. It's your fault. You made me feel like this. You have done X, Y, Z. That's why I'm not successful. That's why we've not hit target. And actually, you know, like you say, it is all within. Now I don't even for a second blame anybody else because mm. I'm like, what have I made that mean? How have I interpreted that? How have I acted upon that? And it's um it has been such a big transformation. Like you say, it's not pretty at all because like, a lot of people do still live in that society of finger pointing. Um mm. but it has really opened my eyes now to be not just um, a better businesswoman, but a better mum, you yeah. know. And I do, I have had to even correct my partner sometimes when he uses some of the language and some of the things he says to the girls, you know, he'll say to um, our oldest, I'll stop being so silly. Mm. Or you've made me do this, or you've made me, and I'm like, hold on a minute. No, yeah. let's look at you. How have you reacted to this? She's a six-year-old girl, right? And, you know, and I always remember things like when I was growing up, we get blamed for all sorts. But it was, again, that that language of being silly, being stupid, not being good enough. Mm. Oh, you Mm. can do that better. That's not perfect. Um, And actually now doing this work on myself, I'm able to bring that now to the next generation so that they can understand that, um, their words, their actions and their feelings is is down to them and it's not mm. anybody else's responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love that and I'm the same with my son, especially like those first seven years are so important for moulding their beliefs and their view on the world. But, um, yeah, I'm constantly saying to my husband, oh, do you think maybe we need to reframe that a little bit? And he's like, oh, and gets all narky. Um, but... One of the things that I see that people sort of retract back from when it comes to doing the human side of the work is is the word that you just said, is that it's our responsibility. And I think, like you said, you know, finger pointing, 
if we're looking at a strategy or if we're looking at other people, we've got to get out clause. We can blame their strategy for not working. We can blame our colleague for cocking up a presentation. We can like there's always avenues for blame to to take it away from us. And of course, then when you take that responsibility to look within, it can feel really hard and very lonely. How have you navigated through that? Because I know certainly for me, getting into the company of other people who are working on similar things to me has been massive. Like having other expanders, other people who are unapologetic rebels, because that's basically what I'm trying to uh, build is a world of unapologetic rebels who say no to the rule books and trust in their intuition rather than the shoulds. But um having those trailblazers in front of me and being in conversations with them and seeing that they could do it and they were surviving and they were okay really was massive for me um and it allowed me to be responsible for myself but also to not feel like I'm on my own and while we are equally responsible we don't have to do things on our own and I think people go oh I'm responsible therefore I've got to do everything myself and that's not true. But how did you navigate through that? I was exactly the same. So I um, found women who were doing what I wanted to be doing, who were being very vulnerable as well, um, yeah. who weren't fake it till you make it. They were actually really saying, you know, this is what I've done. This is where I'm at. This is how I've done it. And I can support you and hold you whilst you're doing the same because there were times where I would be bawling my eyes out you know it was painful it was needed but you know doing that in a being that vulnerable but being on your own is something that potentially I felt I couldn't have come out through the other side if I didn't have that someone or some people to lean on mm. so I invested in coaches I um really also found just a circle of people because my friendship circle I love them. They are not the same. They are yeah. not on this journey yet. So sometimes our conversations will be very 3D. They will be very much talking about, oh, what do you want to have for dinner? Or yeah. shall we go to the pub and have a drink? Or, oh, the price of petrol's gone up. And although uh, I love them, you know, they're my girls, but I also needed to kind of detach in a way from those conversations and just say, look, I just need this bit of time. I'm going to probably go into hibernation. Um, it's probably around the winter time that I think I started doing this way. But I then really leaned into um, like Zoom calls. There were circles that were going on, um, virtual circles. Um, and just being able to answer those, ask those vulnerable questions and knowing that you won't get judged. Mm. Um, because again, it could, it can feel very isolated. My partner's not on this path. He's yeah. very 3D. He's very much PlayStation dinner. Um, it's the weekend. Shall we have a couple? It's, it's those sorts of things. So again, it's, it's being able to, kind of segregate myself I spoke and not segregate but separate uh, very different versions of Sarah so knowing that when I'm on the healing journey that is one where um I won't necessarily always share it with my partner um mm -hmm. because I don't want those conversations to be like oh you're being silly what are you doing what are you talking about it's all very woo woo um yeah. 
witchy stuff um but it's knowing where to have those conversations with the right people that are going to to understand and support so completely understand what you're saying and I was exactly the same yeah it is so important and and it's not that you're not telling people like I because I was like oh people don't necessarily always ask about my business and it used to really piss me off and now I'm like actually it's fine that they don't because I found that I was then diluting my work to meet them where they were at and this is no reflection on them at all but I I am very spiritual so the conversations that I have they just wouldn't be able to hold um, and I wouldn't want to have that conversation with them and put them in that position so it's not that it's just being mindful of who you speak to because I know certainly for me and again, it was my responsibility. But when you when you are working towards goals and there's not a huge amount of evidence that's around you yet, and so your ego is distracting you a lot and you go to loved ones for advice because they know you best and they love you and, and they support you, um, but they give you advice from an unqualified position and it can then... Well, it's up to you how you then respond to it. And I know in the past I have responded to it in a way that wasn't in alignment with my intuition and with my the rebel in me. And actually it can then cause you to dilute yourself um, to because you don't want to let them down and you don't want to disappoint them. And because you haven't got that evidence quite yet, it's quite hard to remain solid in in what your gut feel is um and actually taking bad advice from the wrong people held me back for a, a huge number of years and so now I'm really conscious of where I share my info and who I speak to and how I speak to um through no judgment but just from a protection point of view from from experience really and I think as well when you speak about advice the biggest thing that I used to always get told when I went into being an entrepreneur and having my own businesses I used to hear a lot well if it doesn't work you can just go back and be an accountant because that's yeah. all they've ever known and yeah. even then when they started saying those things if I had maybe a quiet month in my business first thing I'd find myself doing was googling accounting jobs yeah. And I have to snap myself back out of it and say, no, Sarah, that's not what you're here for anymore. But because it was such, um, you know, it, it's a good qualification. You've got skills, yeah. you've got, you know, experience um, from the parents, from the friends, from the partner even. I remember he even found a job at his work once and he said, oh, Sarah, there's an accounting role here, you know, in the same building as me. It'd be perfect for you. And I'm like, you're not understanding that yeah. I am not that person anymore I've got you know I love my businesses and I intend to to make them work you know because I know that that's what I'm here for so definitely having to make sure that I don't take on other people's opinions as my own especially if they are not in the position or the place that I want to be at um has been you know with love it has been a massive lesson yeah, um, and and in a way that I don't respond back in a f you kind of yeah. <laughs> response, but it's like thank you so much for thinking of me. However, that is not my path anymore. Yeah. Um, and learning how to re how to phrase that in a way that they understand, but without the disrespect. <laughs> oh yeah, because the natural reaction is 
you are well, certainly for me I'm like oh I'm not doing that but um obviously we've just spoken about having the the um company and the support from like-minded people really really helps but from an internal point of view how do you because I I see this a lot um people will project on on others their own fears and sometimes jealousies and if they see other people for example running a business and they've always wanted to but have never had the the guts to do it they will project on to you um and it's natural and one of our biggest fears is that we want to belong we want to feel accepted and we want to feel understood and we don't want to be judged and so do you have any any other go-to techniques or ways of navigating through that that have really helped you to hold your power in that because it's very very easy <clears throat> to let ego or to let the noise of others get under your skin and make you go okay maybe this isn't for me <clears throat> what have you done so a couple of things that I've done. The first one, social media. I have limited my time on there massively. I make sure that I am going on there now to be a um, a creator of content, not a consumer of content, because that was a big one. I even, although people were projecting their stuff onto me, sometimes I'd feel myself projecting onto other people that were successful. So yeah. I have really made a conscious effort that I am no longer scrolling. I am no longer looking for something to be triggered by. Um, and I'm really protecting my own energy. Another thing that I used to um, say to myself is, I used to make up these stories in my head about if someone was projecting them, their stuff onto me, um, I would just say, oh God, they must be really having a bad day. Mm. And I put myself into their position because I know when I've projected, it has either been because I've not had enough sleep, the kids have really pissed me off, I'm exhausted, um, maybe things aren't working out at home at the minute, maybe me and Chris have argued. So I put myself in their position and I just think to myself, God, I really hope they're okay. I mm. hope things that maybe at home are okay for them. And I would just, again, go back to, it might sound a bit woo, but go back to a place of love because mm. I know that the reason that things are being projected onto me is potentially because they've not done the inner work on themselves. So it's brought up maybe something that, they had a bad childhood or they had bad experiences and it's been um it's been suppressed for so long that it's been now being brought back up and mm. it's coming out maybe to someone that they um that they maybe feel safe with projecting it to them. I don't know so I I very much put myself into their position I just say you know I really really hope that things are okay for you um the last thing that I do is that I just, I very much detach myself from anyone else's drama. I kind of live in this bubble <laughs> and I think people think that I can be quite naive sometimes. It's not that I'm naive at all and it's not that I um, am not conscious, uh, consciously aware of what's going on around me in the world and all that stuff, but I very much am. I can only control my own actions, my own thoughts and my own feelings. So it's not my responsibility to have any control over anyone else's thoughts, feelings and actions. It's very much on me on how I respond and how I um, just wish them well. So, um, so that's how I very much live my life now. Yeah, I love that. And 
one of my favorite quotes is life is 10% what happens and 90% how you respond to it. And I, and I live by that because there is, there is so much going on and I'm like you, I have a little bubble. I don't watch the news when we were in lockdown. I didn't really get caught up in all of the stats that were and the fear mongering that was going on. And now all the petrol prices and recession talk and I'm aware of it, but I don't like to engage in it. And it drives my dad mad and it, and it does my husband because we're due to remortgage next October. And he's like, we need to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be fine. And he's like, no, you need to get your head out of the clouds. Um, and while, of course, I there are certain things that I need to consider, the reality is it, it just breeds more fear. And we can't control what's going on with the government or, you know, with the world in general, but you can control how you respond to it. And and I would say, is this actually benefiting me by panicking right now? Like, is this going to make the situation any better or any worse? Is it just going to make me feel really like panicky and overwhelmed and my nervous system all over the shop? And then how is that going to impact my family, my clients, my business? Um, and just trying to bring it to there. And I think it, there are a lot of people who look at entrepreneurs, I think, and go, oh, you're so deluded <laughs> in a lot of what you do. And I was on a training with my mentor and she was talking about how the amount of time she's been told she's delusional, she's lost count of, but now those people come to her and say, oh, can you actually help me with stuff? Um, and it's all, it's just, I love your compassion and the fact that you will like be genuinely concerned as to how that person is that's projecting. Obviously, they are having a bad day. And I had a phone call this morning about something, and I got off the call and went, oh, you're having a bad day, because clearly they were <laughs> that pissed off. Not rude with me, but they were just so... Whenever they were talking, and it was like, oh, you're not enjoying your job or having a bad day. Um, but it's just being aware and being kind, isn't it? We're so quick to judge people like if they snap it's like they're a bitch well are they or are they just going through some shit right now and actually they just want to be seen and they just want to be heard and i remember saying to to jono my husband i just want to be seen sometimes by you like because he'll go you don't talk you always say you're fine and i'm like look at me do i look fine and he's like no and i'm like well well ignore my fine and come and give me a hug and say, I see you, Em. I can see that you're struggling. Are you okay? Because that's all we want sometimes. Absolutely. To be understood and to be um, to be loved. And you know, it's funny as well, because last night, me and Chris had exactly the same thing. And um, and he, he doesn't always react in the way that I expect him to. Now, maybe that's my communication or lack of. Um, but and sometimes he's like, you just need to tell me. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. I just expect him to. But it is around, you know, sometimes I do just want to be loved and I just want to be held. And you don't have to understand what it is that I do or how I'm doing it. I just want you to be there. Um, so, yeah, it's that's been, a, yeah, it must be something in the air because that's definitely been a topic of conversation at our home as well. Yeah, yeah, I think it is a lot. And that's the thing is that people don't talk about it, do they? And and then they just like suffer in silence in some respects or just uh, stiff up a lip and just get on with it. And then, you know, it does impact us and it affects how we're then showing up and how we're interacting with the world. Um, and energy 
is massive. Like you can walk into a room, whether you're spiritual or not, you can walk into a room and know if someone's got sexual tension or if someone's had an argument, like you can feel it. So if you're pissed off and you're trying to sell like your program and you're like, oh, this is a load of shit. No one's going to buy. People will feel it, even though you're like, this is amazing. And they do. Um, and it's so important, which is, you know, why um, I mentioned uh, earlier on about like self-care and how people go, well, I haven't got time for it. And it's not important because I've got all this other stuff to do. And it's like, if you're running on empty, it will be felt mm. more ways than you can ever realise. Absolutely. Like I've done launches before and I'm like, oh, I know, like in my head, I'm like, oh, 10 people are going to buy it. But even I was like, I just don't want to do it though. I just don't want to do the calls, never sold a single one. So it didn't matter, you know, setting the intention. It was the energy around it. I didn't want to do the calls in the evening. And that's why, you know, people feel that. It doesn't matter what text you use, what photo you use, what font you use. You know, people, everything is energy and people know that. Yeah. But again, we hide behind it, don't we? We think, oh, I need to do this long sales page. I need to do this or... People haven't signed up because I've priced it wrong or because the sales page isn't convincing enough or whatever it's it while that might play like a two, three, five percent role in it, the reality is that everything we feed off people. Mm. Like you're friends with your friends because there's something about them that you're attracted to. Like it's the same, there's a million and one coaches doing very similar things um in their own unique way. And they will attract different people. And it's got fuck all to do with the sales page or the pricing. It's to do with them and the connection you have with that person. Yeah. So and true. Think- and, you know, I've seen some women be so incredibly successful with no sales pages, no website. They're just doing like the seven day course. It's going to be in a Facebook group. And yeah. they've got people going. And I think that's where it can be that it's got to look perfect or it's got to be as society expects it to be. And we're mm. talking about, you know, being rebels. Do we need all that all that stuff now? You know, people oh. are just being equally as successful, just leaning on a social media page or just leaning on, a, you know, jump on a Zoom at half past eight, you know, without all this fancy stuff. And like you say, we are, we are taught that you've got to have xyz to be successful really you are enough as you are yeah yeah your way is the right way and i and i think you know i said earlier about i found these trailblazers and one of the things that i loved is they simply sell on instagram but they don't have sales pages they they sell secret offers that no one knows anything about and people just buy because they trust that person and they're doing things their way and i'm like oh my god this is exactly what i've been craving and this is how i want to running it I don't want to be going down the convincing route or right I've ticked that off and I've done a three uh, like a, a week challenge and then I've got an open car and I've got this and I've got and it's just like it works for some people because they trust and believe in it and it's the, and it's great for them and that's why they're getting the results that they'll then share to make you think that it would be great for you but if you're like me and stuff like that drains the, the fuck out of you why would that work for me? But we feel this pressure. Oh, well, I want to do this. And so-and-so done it that way. So I better do it that way then. And I need to make it mirror everything that they've done. Um, and this is where it really does start to highlight evidence of the fact it's not what you do. It's who you be when you're doing it. 
Absolutely. And a big thing as well, I don't know if you know, you probably do know a lot about human design, but yeah. I remember with my students, they're like, Sarah, how do you keep going every single day? You show up every single day. And I was like, well, I'm a manifesting generator. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm plugged into the generator. I'm going and going. I'm doing lives. Like it just comes naturally to me, but there'll be projectors on my yes. students that they just can't do it. But they're trying to keep up with the money gen who's, you know, doing the live and doing the real because it just flows and I can do it anyway while the kids are sat there or whatever and I can cook a dinner at the same time and they're like I just I need to go and have a month lie down but and it's funny because even going into network marketing all those years ago I mean I never knew about human design then so someone would jump on the team and I'm like why are they not showing up the way that I'm showing up why are they not doing why are they not doing that and now like you said at the start you know understanding the human behind you know, the business or um, who's joined your team or who's uh, your student or your client, before you even start to try and teach them anything, understand the best ways of them to learn. Not only that, but in terms of what's their highest sense. So I um, I like to listen, but I'm also quite visual. But some people like to really have something to read. I can't bear reading. I get I, I switch off after sentence number two. So if there's a course that's just all written, oh, I'll come back to it later. If it's a video, I can watch. I'm like, oh, I can hear it and I can see it. Brilliant. You know, and I've had to tweak the way that I do my business now to really incorporate the best ways that people learn, not the way that I learn, but the ways that the beautiful souls that come into my world. First of all, I say, right, what's your strongest sense? How do you like to learn best? And what's your human design? Yeah, yeah. It's so, I mean, I'm a manifesting generator. My husband's a projector. My son's a generator. And I wouldn't necessarily say Jono is a particularly normal projector because he is quite energized but one of my best mates is a projector and she like I'll go oh you know should we catch up no well I've got a master class that I'm doing at the end of the week right well I've got to spend all week sort of like and I'm like really like really that's not a lot to do I can you know I've got three this week and it's fine um and yeah it but but in order to not judge you have to understand and again, it's seeing that, like the, some of the work that I do in the corporates is um, is human leadership because you're managing a team and you've got your approach and you've got pressures coming down and suddenly you're like, and I felt very misunderstood when I was in corporates. I felt I, I there was one manager that I loved prior to that. They were all, they didn't know how to get the best out of me. And that's because they didn't understand the the human in me. And, um, you know, I'm very visual, I'm very fast paced, I'm very, I do like detail, but not a lot of detail. And, you know, all of this sort of stuff, my husband loves recognition, he's very driven by that. And so it's just those finer tweaks of knowing, okay, well, how do I get the best out of Sarah? How do I get the best out of Emma? How do I get the best out of Jono? And working like that and then you know it takes away so much energy that we waste on overthinking and thinking we've said something wrong or done something wrong or why aren't they responding in the way that we want to or because they're not you yeah. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And I've had to really think about the way that I communicate with my partner because he's a projector as well. Yeah. And we've got one Manny uh, Jen daughter, one projector daughter. Right. So again, it's trying to balance all of that and understand the communication because, you know, my partner's like yours, you know, he loves the recognition. Um, but he will go out of his, his way to say, oh, did you see I, I emptied the dishwasher? And so the way that I react, I'm like, well, well done. But, <laughs> <laughs> well done, darling. But, it's his way that that's his love language in a sense yeah. because that's how he then feels appreciated and, and wanted whereas I will happily just get it get it done crack on um and don't necessarily always need that recognition I um I just get that buzz off of like creating stuff and having yeah. it out there and so um you know it's it's very interesting to see the dynamics and now I'm seeing with my projector daughter she's always showing me her stuff she loves recognition she loves the praise um uh, whereas my our one year old is just an absolute bruiser, so and she's on the go all the time. So, yeah. so it's going to be fascinating to see how they are growing up. But yeah, I mean, in the corporate world, we will just put it again in that box, and you all sat around this meeting room, like you said earlier, and right, we've got targets, auditors are coming in, year end accounts, blah blah blah. Off you go. Mm. Okay, and you could see some people were struggling because they like the finer detail. They yeah. like to know exactly the time scales and the dates and the this and that and that. And there'll be people that will just go and do it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It is amazing, isn't it? And, you know, we, we know all of this sort of stuff. And I remember doing psychometric tests all the time in bloody corporate. And, and they would do it and it would be great for a day. And then they'd go back to their normal way of doing things and the results of who I was and where I fitted in was irrelevant. And it's almost like, why waste that money and not do anything with it? But we digress. We digress. Um, you mentioned earlier, because some of the questions that I like to ask, because I do like to keep it very conversational, but I like to sort of get people's um, experience on bad advice and good advice, because I think there is quite a lot of both floating around. And when we're in a, a world where everything is at our fingertips and Google has the answer for everything, then, you know, there's a lot of advice going on. And you mentioned earlier that sometimes you could take on various different courses and boot camps and feel overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that is there to consume. But you also said that you didn't, some of the bad advice was, oh, you can always go back to accountancy if it doesn't work out. And so it always had that story going on in your mind. Oh, well, I'll just see what jobs are available. What, what advice, good advice have you had that has really turned the page for you or connected with you that has actually gone on to lead you to really trust in yourself? The best advice, and it might trigger some people, um, because when I first heard it, I'm like, but everything's got to be perfect. Um, the best advice was messy action always wins. Yeah. And I actually had it as a post-it note just above like, where you are now, because I've got my vision board this side. And it yeah. would always be messy action always wins, because I would spend hours thinking about the perfect logo, the perfect colouring, the perfect sales page, perfect, perfect, perfect. It's got to be perfect. And I'd end up doing absolutely nothing. And I wasn't moving forward. And actually, the messy action, I learned a hell of a lot. If it flopped, great. Like, what can I learn from this? What can I grow from this? What can I tweak and change? And mm. if, it, if it was great, then, you know, what can I still improve? So it, I wouldn't have what I've got today if it wasn't for the messy action. Yeah. I would have 
that still going, oh, but are people going to like the colour? Shall I maybe change the font? No, I would just get it out there, boom. If I've got an idea now for a, I don't know, six-week mastermind or uh, manifesting money, for example, I'm like, right, okay, boom, well, we'll put that out tonight then. And I then figure out the rest later. Mm. Um, because again, I spent, say, for masterminds or courses or um, not so much courses, actually, the masterminds were like weekly calls. I would know what the first two calls are going to be about. And then I would just gauge from the people on the calls yeah. what do they need. Whereas before, the perfect action was I need to know exactly week by week for the six weeks what we're going to get to. But actually, that, sh that wasn't down to me. That was down to the people who have invested who want to grow and learn. What do they need? Yeah. Um, and then I would tailor it to that. So, um, so yeah, messy action always wins is, is going to stick with me for life. I love that. I love that. Having you, I used to be such a perfectionist, but now I, I, I get that, and I'm really trying to lean into that. And I think the first few attempts, you are trying. It's not normal, and so you're going against the grain. Um, but I love. I think that's brilliant advice, and I think there's so much perfectionism out there that actually, to to give yourself that permission to do it, but to do it messy is, is, and you know, so what at the end of the day if if people have got a, an opinion or are going to judge you on it well they're not your people anyway um and we try and please the whole world when really we're only going to be magnetic to a, sm a small portion of this massive world that we, we live in and so just be you just be you what even is perfect anyway but like my what? version of perfect could be someone else's version of crap crap you know it it could be it's, it's all in the interpretation of the of the individual right so I'm like well if you like it great if you don't want it great like I don't have that attachment now and I know that I just put the trust out there that whoever needs it and wants it and it's for their highest good they'll come and find it you know yeah. which I love I love that and it takes the pressure off when you do that because you're like do you know what it's going to go to the right person I can't control that so I'm not going to sit here and try and manipulate it and I think the more that I tried to get it to everybody, the more it went to nobody. Because yeah. I was trying to really suffocate the outcome. It has, you are going to love this. Have you seen what I've put out? It's, per it's perfect. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And actually, I was pushing those people away because they're like, gosh, she's desperate. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like very much, I love it. I This is all the things that I've learned and I've grown from it. And, you, you know, people have seen my journey and I have shown the messy bits. I have shown up crying no no makeup mum bun you know people see that stuff so it's not just a messy action in terms of business but you know social media um messy action in in a lot of different areas of my life because I know that that's the only way that I can move forward in and quick you know mm, yeah oh honestly we could talk all day we really could and I know we said this before we press record because we had a good old chat then we were like oh we actually need to do the, the podcast and um, there's been so many juicy nuggets that are sprinkled inside of this episode and um, certainly if you're listening I would highly recommend listening again because it will catch you and and you'll hear things differently but You've been awesome, Sarah, and and I. It pains me to cut it now because uh, there's so much more that we could talk about. But um, I mean, I know I've just asked you what your best advice is. Is there anything just to finish on that you feel intuitively from this conversation that we've had 
that that needs to be said right now for somewhat for it to change someone's life i would just really share with you guys that what is meant for you won't pass you by and i know that the people around you and maybe the way that you were brought up and society may try and push you into a different direction but i would really ask you to trust your intuition first to trust your instincts to trust if you're feeling pulled to something and you can't unthink it and you can't unsee it and you're like, oh God, even if you're like the old me that's stuck in this job, but you know you're meant for so much more, please don't write it off just because number one, you've never seen anyone else in your family be successful like you want to be. I hadn't either. Um, I'd never seen a mum be a successful businesswoman at the same time. A lot of the women in my life have had to leave their careers to be mums. However, I knew that I was going to break that cycle. The way that things have always been are not the way that things always have to be. And especially if you are, you know, maybe a mum listening to this right now, remember that the actions and the steps that you take now are going to be the next steps that your next generation are going to be watching. Your children, you are leading the way by that. And if you are unhappy in a situation, whatever it may be, and you are being pulled to do something new and something different that lights you up, Please follow that because your children are going to be watching your steps, not your lips. Oh, oh, what a punch. What a drop mic moment. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, my darling, you've been amazing. Where can people find you in this world? How can they be a part of it? I am um, predominantly on Facebook. So Sarah Bracia. B-R-A-Y-S-H-E-R on Facebook. I am on Instagram, but I mainly show up on Facebook. I do have a website as well, uh, which is www.sarahbrasher.co.uk. Um, and on there, you'll be able to see all the coaching certifications that I offer and also my own diploma, my own spiritual coaching diploma, where I teach you how to become a spiritual coach as well. Ooh, lovely. And all of that will be added to the show notes. But um. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for coming and joining me today. And as I said earlier, this conversation could have gone on all day because um, there is so much to unpack and so much juiciness inside of it. So I really, really appreciate you taking the time to join me. And equally, taking um, thank you for everyone who has tuned into this episode. And if you know of anyone that might benefit from uh, this episode, then please share it with them. Uh, please let us know your thoughts by tagging us in on Instagram or on Facebook and uh, reach out if there's anything that myself or Sarah can help you with, then please reach out. Um, you are not alone. Um, but in between all of that, have the most amazing week and thank you for listening. So bye for now. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now.